Welcome back to the crack, everybody. I know. I know what you're thinking. What a sellout. No episode on Tuesday. This guy, the success has just gone to his head. He doesn't care about the listeners anymore. You know, he just sold out. He's basically a Southsider now. I can only apologize, but as I will explain on this episode today, I had quite an adventure from Sunday to Tuesday. As I'm recording this, it's Wednesday. I've only been home about eight hours, and here I am doing this for you again. I'm joking, of course. I'm really sorry, though. You know, I even missed the the majority of the NFL at the weekend. My beautiful Baltimore Ravens crashed out of their Super Bowl chase in the conference finals to Patrick Mahomes. Devastating. I think it was because I wasn't wearing my jersey and giving it my full undivided attention. But these things happen. Of course, uh, we'll be back on the Ringer MMA show today, Thursday, as you're listening to this. We should have a, a show up on Thursday night, so I'm looking forward to that. We had a lot of great feedback from our last episode when we talked about, you know, the new era of the UFC. The right-wing UFC. I know that upsets a lot of people when I say that. There's no such thing as the right-wing. Okay, I don't know. I don't actually care. But um, yeah, we talked about all that type of stuff. Right, so basically the reason why I didn't get you guys an episode on Tuesday is because the wonderful people of Monterex called me up and we began a project. And I have to be careful when I'm talking about this because I don't want to give anything away. We began a project with the welterweight champion of the world, Leon Edwards, in Birmingham. Now, for those of you who don't know, Monterex are a brand that have exploded, basically since the pandemic, and they just continue to grow. They're winning all kinds of awards, like moving at a furious pace, and it, it is in an ascent as well. And I worked with them before. I know I talked about it on this show when I arrived back from France and I went straight to do that live show they had with Leon, Brendan, Mick Conlon and the lads from Belters Only. That was the day before Eblen v. Fabian, of course. So it was a great pleasure working with them there and I really hoped that uh, we could do something else. And a few months back, um, their media arm, the guy who controls all of the stuff you see being put out by the brand, James Armstrong got in contact with an idea he had about Leon. And we kind of fleshed it out from there. And this this week was the first time we got to really attack it, so to speak. I was pretty nervous going over. Obviously, I hadn't um, done a lot of work with these guys. The last time I worked with them, I got off a plane and got a taxi straight from the airport out to the event. It was all a bit of a whirlwind. Um, so I was a bit nervous going over. But... Um, after a couple of hours with these people, I felt like I'd, I'd known them my whole life, you know. Um, James was there, who I mentioned previously. Sean Ewan was also there. She's like a cameras, videographer, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, which doesn't happen a lot, <laughs> the owner of the company, one of the founders, Danny Ewan, was also there. And I mean... That's crazy, guys. You don't you don't generally be spending time with those kinds of people. But um, absolutely unbelievable. So hospitable. So friendly. Down to earth. I mean, 
I'm being driven around to different locations by the owner of the company in his RS6. It was absolutely insane. And look, if that isn't good enough, what do they do? On the first night, they're like, here are a load of tracksuits, PT. I mean, talk about doing their research. They obviously know I'm a Northsider. That's we live in our tracksuits. I'm, I'm wearing a tracksuit right now doing this show. Look, you know my Stevens Day tracksuits drive every year. Unbelievable. So an absolute pleasure to work with them. Absolutely buzzing to work with them. And uh, basically, yeah, that's why we were there. We were to do this this shoot with Leon. Now, before I get into what we did, and I can't really say much about it, it's hitting me now, right? Like, obviously, I've been over there, and I've been around these people for a few days, and I've been around Team Renegade and Leon and everyone. But it's only hitting me now. You know, I'm in this 15 years. Like, this is an absolutely surreal moment to be in the hometown of a Birmingham icon, a guy who is the champion of the UFC, a guy who is, you know, a rags-to-riches story like like nothing else. Like, I mean, do you remember when he won the belt and we had the people calling into the Ring Around MMA show in tears because it meant that much for him to see Leon win this thing? And now here I am with this guy, and I mean, he's completely, completely open to everything. He's chilling out. No ego to him at all. Showing us around where we grew up. Letting us interview all the people in a circle. All this kind of stuff. Like, this doesn't happen a lot, guys. I've been around champions. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to... I don't need to get into telling them stories. You know, obviously spent a lot of time around McGregor and stuff like that. But this is a very different experience to that. Never felt like I was in the way, anything like that. And I think a lot of that is because of Leon's relationship with... Danny, who I mentioned previously, one of the, the founder and the owner of Montrex, because they've been working together for so long and they're on this ascent together that I think they're very comfortable around each other and comfortable knowing that, you know, as far as Leon's concerned, I know that these guys will put out good stuff on me. I saw Fabian, obviously, as well. What a legend. Fabian, um, I can only say attacked me on the mats of Renegade and after 15 seconds of activity, I was out of breath. I apologize to all my old training partners at the Royal Grappling Academy. I I sold us out there, lads. I looked looked terrible. Terrible to say the least. I went for a signature leg attack. It was already over at that stage. But um, yeah, anyway, listen. So the the project, we, we spent a lot of time in Team Renegade. So cold in there. Like obviously I'm not on the mat. Uh, going through a workout but for me so cold in there i was wearing like four layers still freezing but um it's a really great gym the vibe in the place is unbelievable and the mat was crazy i was there for two days in renegade and the mat was crazy on both days i think the where it is everything about the gym is very leon edwards because it's not in the city center it's not some big facade on a main street I mean, if you did not know where you were going, you would not find it. You absolutely would not find it. So we take off from the hotel we're staying in in the morning. And Danny's saying to me, oh, yeah, you're not going to believe where this is. And I'm thinking, all right, let's see what this is like. We don't touch the city center. I think we're in Rednall, Birmingham, somewhere around there. And we're driving along. And next of all, he just pulls a left hammer into this kind of alleyway off a of main street so it's between two buildings we go through this gap and next of all it's just like this jungle of tires 
like you'd expect to see at like a kart racing track, right? Just like tires stacked up to your neck and just like a path being formed with them as a barrier on each side. So he's driving through here and I'm going, what in the name of Christ is going on here? Parks up and all you can see is this gravel terrain on the ground and a massive entrance where a, a tire company is. So there's lots of cars coming in and out, tires, all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking around going, like, where is, where is the gym? And next of all, down in the far right corner, a little door opens and all you can see is people start pouring in, pouring in, pouring in. And I was like, wow, that is incredible, you know? Like, this is, this is one of the best gyms in the world at the moment. Certainly the, one of the best gyms in Europe, without a doubt. Home of Leon Edwards, the, the welterweight champion. And, uh, yeah, you, <laughs> it's just so, uh, so discreet. So eventually we get in there, we had to move some gear in. Obviously, uh, James and Sean are doing some camera work. So uh, getting some stuff in with them. And, you know, when you go in and you're, you're not training, it's a bit awkward at the start. Even if you know some of the people there, you're just like, oh, I don't really know what to do. Standing around like a spare tit, as we say in uh, Dublin. So as we stand in, we're standing there like a spare tit, as I said, and people are coming in. And then 11 o'clock hits. So 11 o'clock is the time that everyone needs to be in the gym at. Like, you know, they should be training. The, 11, the session starts at 11. And after 11, Ash, the owner of the gym, takes up a position at the, at the kind of the main reception desk, but also just facing the door as they come in. And as people open the door beyond 11 o'clock, he's just pointing at them. You're cleaning the mats. You're cleaning the mats. You're cleaning the mats. And they all dutifully accept this. They're just like, yes, yes, I am. I know that. That's I've, I am late. He even has a whiteboard up beside the entrance where it says O's, like O-W-E-S, and a list of people who owe him cleaning time because they've been late for training. <laughs> I love that shit, man. You know, you know I'm a big fan of Eugene Behrman because he's, he's one of the greatest ball busters of all time. So I love seeing that stuff. Just anything to humble these guys. Now, I did notice, I will say, when Leon popped in, very discreetly, like, you know, no pomp or ceremony to it. Fist bumps all around, he walks in. I did notice that Ash did not tell him he was cleaning the mats. So I found that interesting. But the Montrex guys who've been to Birmingham so many times to cover this guy, they have said they have seen Leon cleaning the mats. So that's good to hear. But as I said, he comes in, just a few fist bumps all around, and he launches into this wrestling session. And I'm looking around the mats. The mood in the place is absolutely tremendous. Like, I mean, there's a buzz in the air. I was saying to people who were talking to me, like, this reminds me of when I first started going to SBG back in the day. Well, certainly just before the explosion. Like, before, even before Connor was in the UFC, like, when there was all that unit, this unbelievable unit of guys who are taking on the world. You know, um, Owen Roddy, Chris Fields, Cole Pendred, Paddy Hulan, Ashton Daly, Mole Peter, obviously Conor McGregor, for God's sake. You know, it was just this collective Artem. I know I'm leaving people out. Film up here. I know I'm leaving people out. I apologize. But uh, I forget. But just to see all these guys in the room and to see how much they relish being in each other's company and how they realize that they were all bringing each other on, right? Like they're bringing each other on to this next level. And everyone's smiling, everyone's laughing. 
Everyone has plenty of time for each other. It's an amazing, it's just one, it's just we, we're there in a buzz moment. The best moment to be there, I felt like that's where I was at. Anyway, on the mat, let me talk about on the mat the first day. Dan Hardy, <laughs> Dan Hardy arrives in with Veronica and she's working with Melissa Dixon, who's also a ranked fighter. You've got Fabian Edwards, you've got Leon Edwards, you've got Mason Jones. <laughs> Man, the dragon's there. Joy Herbert's there, one of my favorites. Everyone knows Joy is one of my favorites. He's slick as fuck, man. I love that guy. And then they're they're drilling with this kid called, I think it's Shay Ingram. And afterwards, Joy and Mason are talking to me like, this kid is a savage. He's only an amateur. And Joy's like, you know, like he, I've used him as a main sparring partner for UFC fights. Or I mean, fights in Cage Warriors days. And he's like 14 at the time. He'd have to, he'd have to, <laughs> he'd have to bunk off skill to train with him. Well, I don't know if that's what he said. I don't hope I'm not getting Shay in trouble. But lovely lad. Keep an eye out for him. Um, and it's just this this feast of excitement, you know, energy. Like I mean, that the rounds Veronica Hardy was doing was wild. She was she was drilling with, with Melissa Dixon and another girl. I did not get her name, but the speed, the tenacity they were going at was unbelievable. So she's doing the drill. So Leon's calling out the drills. He's like the wrestling coach. I know, again, crazy. He's like going around talking to everyone, giving them little tidbits as as he's going around the mat. Everyone's smiling, laughing. And then Dan Hardy's there also. So so like within five like a meter of each other at one stage, I was watching Leon Edwards and Dan Hardy kind of talk about a technique in the middle of just a wrestling session in Birmingham. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like these these are two like pillars. Of the scene. Like when everything's said and done in a hundred years time, they're still going to be talking about Dan Hardy and Leon Edwards. Not just in UK MMA, in European MMA, in MMA in general. And here they are, as discreet and as quaint as you can, just working, just working. And man, that is that is an unbelievable sight to see, you know? Because this is what it's all about, essentially. Like, yeah. The glitz and glamour, the big posters, Las Vegas, all that shit. But this is essentially what it's all about. Like, none of that shit happens unless you're putting in the work on the mat. And th- and that's what I'm watching. And I was just saying this to people. Like, people are just walking past me. I'm like, can you fucking believe this? But of course they can, because they see it every day. But it just blew me away. No ego. Nothing. Just this, we're here to do what we do. Fucking crazy, man. Got to speak to Dan for a long time too. And, uh, you know, as I've said, I think the best thing PFL did was get him involved in that European series. And he's so passionate about it. And obviously I was critical of, of the Ireland card. So, you know, I was just like, you know, maybe he's a bit pissed off about that. Not at all. Like, talk to me openly. Talks about the structure of MMA, European MMA, damage done. You know, how he's trying to fix it. And look, I, I don't have to tell you this. Anyone who listens to this show knows how much I respect Dan Hardy. I've said this before, I was critical of the Dublin card, but what they did last year was incredible. Talk about planting your flag. So uh, great to speak to him. I think I got like 15 minutes with him and I introduced him to Danny as well from Ontrex. But I just feel like you gain so much from them conversations, you know? I'm just like a sponge. I'm just hoping I can retain what he's telling me. Because Jesus Christ, he's done everything. He's worn every hat in the game, you know? Um. So we are there that day. It was amazing. We did some filming. 
with Leon. Here's another thing about Leon. He had the belt with him because someone that trains there was just like, oh, will you bring your belt so I can get a picture with you? And he was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he brings the belt with him and just throws it over beside his training bag. I mean, I can give no better visual representation of what Leon Edwards is. He puts his training bag down and then just throws the belt in a bag. And that's not to say like he's disrespecting the title. He is very proud to be a champion. He has set out on this journey to be a champion for a long time, but the belt doesn't signify that for him. It's a state of being, I think. And just how casual it all is. And I was like, can I can I look at your belt? Oh yeah, here you go. What? So I'm like holding the UFC welterweight title in a cold gym in Birmingham. Just going, holy shit, like I think I care about this thing more than he does. <laughs> he still only has one ruby on it. Obviously, he has two title defenses. So it should be two. And I was like, you're not going to send this off? Ah, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll, get, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. Huh? My God. I, di- I have to say, very proud seeing that Irish flag on there. And that's all because of Connor. I might not be his biggest cheerleader at times, but that is very cool. Very, very cool to see. So, um, yeah, we did that that day. And then we went home. We got ready for the next day. And then on Tuesday, we went to Erdington, where we grew up. And that was one of the coolest things I have ever done in my career. Without a doubt. I don't want to get into what we talked about or anything like that, but to be back to the place where Leon was before he made this change up in his life. It's obviously well known that Leon was going down a particularly particular path And it changed when his mother brought him to the UTC gym in Birmingham. And he redirected his life towards MMA. I don't think Leon's been back there in a very long time. In that neck of the woods. And to be with him and watch him experience this kind of nostalgia and these memories of what's come before and where he was at one time was absolutely surreal. Absolutely surreal. And again, no massive pomp or ceremony to it. Like just him having a conversation with me about where he was back then, where he is now, what the area reminded him of. And look, it's a it's a rough place, dude. It's a tough, tough place. What did Danny say? It's like, this is like the Birmingham top boy. And it would remind you of that. Like if you aren't from the UK, like obviously we have like... Uh, council flats like that all over the inner city of dublin as well but you don't really see them in the suburbs like you know um you know far outside town even in blanche we don't really have any any build-ups like that we will in the future of course there's lots of apartments here now but they're all fairly modern but you know we don't have those uh we don't have the like the likes of the towers that you'd see in, in town and stuff so crazy like we got into the building <laughs> that's i'm saying too much already but one of the greatest things or at least the greatest privilege I've had covering somebody. Like, this is a guy I'm covering for many, many years. Like, I think I was one of the loudest voices trying to support Leon back in the the Eurobash days. Like, we're talking 2016, 2017 then. And all that stuff. Like, we were really behind him before, before anyone was. Before, you know, it got cool for all these other podcasts to talk about them. I know Ariel was early as well. Not as early as me, but early in terms of international coverage because there was a time when Leon wasn't the flavor of the month. 
And I mean, sometimes, like, you know, watching his last fight against Colby, booed on the way out for that. An icon in the UK. I don't understand this. Like, anyway, that's besides the point. Um, That was an unbelievable experience. And I can't wait to see what it looks like. <laughs> like, we're lucky we have uh, James Armstrong there on the Montrex team, the media guy, because there was an issue there. And I was like, we're going to have to go. And he made it work. He's absolutely brilliant, that lad. And look, he's mourning the news of uh, Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool too. These are all scousers, by the way, all the Montrex people. So it's a, that's the, one of the weirdest things about this. I felt like I had the strangest accent. I'm Irish. They're all from Liverpool. And obviously we're just dealing with people from Birmingham. And I was the weirdo. I mean, the Birmingham accent is wild. I love it, but it's wild. And I guess Liverpool and Dublin is quite similar in a way. But I'm the weirdo? Come on, mate. No way. So anyway, we did that. That's all I'm going to say about it. One of the coolest things I've, I've done in my career, without a doubt, 15 years in, and I'm like, holy shit, how can I be? It's an amazing feeling to be this excited about something, to be honest. It can all feel a bit mundane sometimes <laughs> when you've been doing it this long. And I know I have a really cool job. And I know I love it. I loved it my whole life, but... You know, it's like any job after a while, you know. <laughs> you know, you're showing up. you got to show up all the time. And I know I didn't on Tuesday. Jeez, I'm talking myself into holes here. Anyway, but just so cool to, to be involved in something like this. So after that, we uh, we went back to Renegade. We did a few more interviews. I got me, look, I'm not saying what we talked about again, but I got to interview Dave Lavelle. I've never interviewed him before. What a legend. I mean, the characters in this gym are absolutely unbelievable. Unbelievable. I saw uh, Akon Wanless as well, who used to be an SBG. He's buzzing in there. I mean, that guy is sculpted by gods, that Akon Wanless. What the fuck, man? I've never seen a, a bloke built better than that in my life. Insane. And I got to see 50 Gs for Breeze, Tom Breeze. An absolute unit of a man. I always forget how big Tom Breeze is until I see him. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Obviously, he's just had a great debut with PFL in Dublin. Was delighted to see that. You know, I always have this story about Tom Breeze that sticks in my mind. It was before, you know, he beat Carl Pendred at UFC Dublin. And I think Carl Pendred was undefeated up to that point. I can't really remember. I know he had one, Carl had one of the best undefeated records um, for any Irish fighter um, that wasn't named Conor McGregor or now Ian Gary, as far as I remember. But uh, he came over to fight him on the second sorry, the third Dublin card in um, 2016, was it? 2015, October 2015. And uh, I can remember, obviously, Cole was training in SPG. So Tom came over and he trained in Rhino. Well, just did a few sessions in Rhino during his weight cut and stuff. And I got a phone call from someone in Rhino. And they're like, Pizzi, you have to come up. Obviously, Rhino's in Fingless. I'm in Blanche. It's like a 10-minute drive. You have to come up. I think it was Andy Ryan. You have to come up and look at this guy hitting the pads. He's an absolute unit. And I went in there and I can remember thinking, Jesus Christ, this guy. This guy is insanely good. Insanely good. And um, it's just a memory I always remember. And obviously he went on to have this fantastic performance against Carl that night. But just such a great guy. Always so nice. He's obviously one of the main men down there as well. So if <laughs> I'll, I'm going to do my very best to not miss another episode if I am out of the country again. I even brought my mic. But I was like... You know, if I had done the episode on Monday, I would have only had half this story. I wouldn't have even have gone to Erdington with Leon. So I'm glad I waited so I can tell you all this. But just an unbelievable experience. And 
just so cool to be working with Montrex. And I just get on with them so well. And regardless of whether they work with me or not in the future, they're going to do absolutely tremendous things. They're all so good at their jobs. They all love their jobs. And they really want to do something great for these athletes that they sponsor. Like how many times you see someone sponsoring someone and it's just a picture of them in a t-shirt. That's it. Whereas these guys are like, like they're using every resource they have to, to show the world who these guys are. I think that's absolutely amazing. And that's probably why they've ascended into the space that they're in. It was an absolute pleasure. Don't forget, we're going to be back on the Ringer MMA show on Thursday. It's the return of the UFC this weekend, of course. We didn't have one last weekend. And of course, we do have one this weekend. It's uh, interesting, of course, for people in this neck of the woods because you've got Molly McCann in action making her debut at strawweight i'm actually like this is a move that i i thought would happen for a long time but she looks absolutely fucking shredded now man like if, if you saw molly now it's it's wild like i've been watching her pictures um online watching instagram all that kind of stuff she looks fucking unbelievable so um i'm really looking forward to that obviously she's been a flyweight for a very long time, right back to the Cage Warriors days, all that stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see her like that. She, she definitely doesn't look like a meatball anymore, I'll tell you that much. If that was what it was meant to be, to convey her as a meatball, she's absolutely shredded. And she's got a fight with Deanna Belbida as well, so that's a really, really tough one. I wanted to talk to someone from French MMA this week because, you know, I thought it would be good with Nasodine Imovov in the main event against Delidze. But I uh, couldn't line that up. It's very difficult. Um... And again, I was away, so things didn't work out. Moicano, Drew Dauber's going to be a cracker. Randy Brown v. Muslim Salikov's going to be a cracker. You got the return of Nigel Benn this weekend, the controversial Nigel Benn, which is um, going to be fantastic. It's going to be fun to see. So, Nigel Benn, Connor Benn, Jesus Christ, lad. I'm, I'm tired. Anyway, I'm talking shite now. Big love to Montrex, big love to Team Renegade, big love to all you listeners. Love you loads. Won't happen again, I promise. It might happen again. Won't happen again. See you soon. Lots of love.